1: FM to get started.
2: Hey everybody, welcome to AfterBuzz TV's Legends of Tomorrow After Show. Tonight we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 10, Progeny. We'll find out that awkward moment about when you realize you have a younger brother. Uh, sometimes it's the best way to mend a friendship by just beating the snot out of each other. And is it really ghosting if you have a time machine? Stay tuned. For TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now... Let the
0: buzz
2: begin. Yes. My dreams came true. I oh, as we talked about the chance to see Dave Child do the robot was the whole reason that we decided to do this song. Welcome everybody to Afterbuzz TV's Legends of Tomorrow After Show. I'm one of your hosts. Frank Moran, you can follow me here on Twitter at Happy Go Jackie. I'm joined over here by three fantastic people where we're going to break down the latest episode of Legends of Tomorrow. To my immediate left, we have Lex Michael.
0: I am Lex Michael.
2: All over social media, at the Lex Michael with
1: parts made in Japan. Mm-hmm. I'm Dave Child. You can find me at Mr. Dave Child. I've got a secret secret. Secret, secret.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I'm Lucretia Lyon, and if you can spell my name right, it's L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N. Find me anywhere online since there is only one. Like now,
2: there you go now folks uh, we, we love it if you like us on Facebook you know rate us on iTunes give us those sweet five stars uh, you know uh, and follow us on Twitter we get love to get in conversations with you <laughs> Now, certainly folks I know that the last episode uh, you know, we were getting some comments about oh, our, our, our critical nature about the show our negativity a couple, hey. a couple yes.
0: people on Twitter got a little, little mad at us
2: and I will just say folks we love the show we want to love the show just yes. as much as you folks do too and we come into the, every episode wanting it to be the best possible show it can be and we just get frustrated sometimes when it's not not executing the story as well as we would like. And then we get a little critical about it. But right. even though we can be critical and we may have a little fun with the show, we still really enjoy the show. And so we hope that, folks, that you will take our critical natures, if we have those kind of thoughts, uh, with the, the good spirit and intentions behind Although it. not maybe
0: the most promising start when you have to open by going, I promise I don't hate this. I promise I don't hate it. No, but actually it's funny because I forget because I am so used to constantly making fun of stuff that I really, really like because I really like it and it's fun for me to start poking at it, I forget that if you're not somebody who does the same thing and mm-hmm. you don't have context for that, it may sound like all I'm doing is crapping all over it, uh-huh. but I'm not. Like, I genuinely, again, this is, uh, we're almost apologizing for some of the yes. things we may possibly say yes, in this Nicky episode. I think I will
2: be saying all those things. Mm-hmm. But,
0: like, I really enjoy this show because even though occasionally there are things that the show attempts that I maybe don't think they do, do, as well as certain other things. There are always a number of things that I can rely on this show to do really, really well. There are certain relationships that are consistently fun, and then, of course, like much like last episode, if all this episode was, was a few minutes of them flying around fighting robots, like, I'm right. in. That's good. I'm so pleased with that aspect of it—that yeah. it colors some of what I feel about maybe the things that I'm not quite as jazzed about—I
2: would agree. Mm-hmm. The fact that I get to see Firestorm every single week on my TV is phenomenal, and, yeah. and the next week we get to see Jonah Hex, who I never really thought I'd get a chance to see. Maybe you know, I saw him once with Josh Brolin, but let's see him <laughs> <laughs> he done a little bit better than Josh. Josh Brolin doesn't like that
0: movie. That's true. Yeah, there yeah you go. even
3: Josh Brolin didn't <laughs> like the Jonah Hex movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, and yeah, like you know, just like last week, Captain Cold and Sarah, great. Why don't we get more I of it? I love that? their friendship. Yeah.
1: They have, like, the best friendship. I, I feel like whenever they have a heart-to-heart, it actually means something. It doesn't actually feel like they're shipping. It just feels like they're best friends. And he's dealing with, if anything, she's trying to help with the heat wave, Captain Cold ship. Before we, get, yeah, before we get yeah. too
2: far into the episode, I just want to bring up one thing with you guys, because we've talked about certainly the cast, and it is a large yeah. cast, mm-hmm. and we've always talked about every episode that everybody needs to do something in this episode. to kind of want to serve every character. Mm-hmm. Do you sometimes now, or this far, episode 10, do you feel like, boy, maybe the series has too many characters, and it'd be, maybe it would be better served if we had a couple characters less, and that way we could invest in more. We could get more Sarah Snart scenes, things like that.
3: Yeah, either work like that, or say, like, The Walking Dead has a huge cast, so sometimes they tend to separate, like, you know, right. you'll have, like, certain characters in one episode, and then the other half in the other. So, I mean, if they could do that, they could maybe keep the whole stack, but if they want to use everybody, they kind of need to thin the herd. And it's, it's yeah. very
0: difficult when you do have a big ensemble like this, and I think it's a very strong ensemble as well. I think this uh-huh. is a very talented group of actors, and these are really compelling characters, but it's very difficult to service an ensemble that large when you only have 40-some-odd minutes every every week to tell your story. Mm-hmm. And the result is often either certain characters will get a bit of a short shrift and you won't get to develop them as strongly or with as great care as some others, or the flip side of that is occasionally the mandate being apparently you know we have to give somebody what? Nope, taking that again. The mandate being we have to give everybody something to do in every right. show, and sometimes it's hard to make that happen organically when you have so many characters. So you occasionally get a sense of a storyline being created just to give somebody something to do. Mm -hmm. That's
3: Kendra, right? And (laughs) and that's the thing is like, and
0: I'm I'm so not a shipper, so Mm -hmm. I I'm not the person that tends to to gravitate towards the romantic relationships in shows like this anyway. But I will say that yeah, the Ray and Kendra relationship to me, as much as I like those two actors. I, it, it doesn't, still doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't feel quite earned. It doesn't feel... It feels like something they came up with to give these two more to do on the ship. Yeah, exactly.
3: Right. I mean, it just seems like filler, and it doesn't serve either character. To me, it really actually hurts their characters more than it helps them. Because, yeah, like, Kendra, I mean, how bad does she look when, you know, especially as a female... She's not been single except one episode since she's existed in the Atlantic universe, and it's like, really, you know, we. When Carter died, I was hoping we would explore her character, yeah. and then they threw this in there, and it's just like, okay, why?
2: Right. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's tough uh, to have a rooting interest in the Kendra Ray relationship because we spent so much time with the introduction of Kendra that her relationship with Carter, it w- they were immortal lovers and mm-hmm. that they're always destined to be together. And so it's hard to constantly keep pushing that in the initial setup. And then once you take Carter out of the equation, I feel like you can introduce Ray and it's just going to be fine because, you know, ultimately it seems like we- Carter's going to be back. He's, I mean, w- yeah. whether in the next lifetime, for sure.
1: And then, so whatever happens with Ray, I don't know. Yeah, but they're also, I'm surprised we haven't seen Carter yet, because they're yeah. jumping around time. So they're jumping through different lifetimes. So it makes sense that they would meet a past or future Carter somewhere in this like time stream but they haven't yet yeah well,
3: especially when they had that two year gap and they're supposed to be immortally connected Yeah, it was your well, so, but right.
1: we also don't
0: know yeah. so okay so because this Kendra Kendra from our present who's now going on these adventures through time because uh-huh. she hasn't been killed neither one of them resurrects yet right so they're not going to meet another one in the future presumably yeah. so alright Arguably, yes, you could go back and you could meet another one of either of them in the past. But also, they're stuck more or less in one spot in the fifties. He could be on the other side of the planet. They just—it's entirely possible they right. would bump into each other.
1: Right. I guess there is—I guess there is a concept, and we could talk about this more later. But I guess there is a concept in the show that once they were plucked out of the time stream, they're never going to affect the time stream after that point. I think that's like something that they're trying to play with in the show, mm-hmm. and I think that's some of the Ray stuff we're definitely going to talk about a little later. Oh, yeah. But, um, but so I guess in that way, that's why Carter wouldn't appear later be, is because she never died, so he just never gets reborn. So because she's just plucked out of the way, but I, I feel, that's just odd to me because I feel like she dies eventually, so there would be a future Carter or there would be a past Carter. I don't know. It's just it's just strange. Well and that's that.
0: that's your you're introducing mystical concepts into time travel, which is pseudo science fiction. Right. So it's like two totally different schools of fictiony, thoughty, body
1: stuff. Yeah. It doesn't always They're both magic though. Yeah They're both magic and they have like certain rules I think you can play with. So it's just figuring out w- it, when it comes to science fiction or fantasy, it's just figuring out, okay, what are the rules? My the way
0: I explain it. In my, for myself in my head is if she hasn't died yet, then new versions of them don't exist right. yet on the future yeah, timeline. Yeah, that's what I was saying. At all. Yeah, which, that's
1: what I was thinking.
3: Which would make sense in this episode, but yeah, last week's where there was this two-year time gap. If they're they're mortally like you know linked, like they are, just like with Vandal Savage, it really made zero sense how they didn't meet because yeah, they all. I mean, they could be on opposite sides of the world mm-hmm. anyway, and they always come together. I mean, that True. was two whole years. Did... It, duh.
1: Did you guys think that this episode was leading up to a Carter reveal? Yeah, because she kept getting these flashbacks, and we, maybe we could talk about the flashbacks first because they had almost nothing else to do with the episode. Yeah. but it um, was the
0: first time first time we've seen Carter back in any form since, yeah. since he was killed.
1: Yeah, so I thought they were, I thought she was sensing him because Raven said, "Oh, you're sensing um, Vandal because oh. he's so close." and then she said, no, I'm, I'm getting these flashes of Carter. Which I thought meant Carter was just, I thought we were going to get that future Carter. Yeah, I like, thought that was very
3: in. odd. And Elmira Bat said the same thing here in the chat about yeah. you, this feels like it's leading up to Carter coming back.
1: Right, but I thought it's it's just strange because we know they're about to jump time again. So I thought, why is she getting these flashes if if Carter's not just around the corner? I actually like the concept of going into her past lives and seeing a little bit of her past life.
2: Yeah, but I just feel like this one <sighs> I don't it just seemed like manufactured
1: like just nonsense for this just to give her right. something to do this episode. Yeah. It didn't
2: really pay off in any it sense. It had
1: nothing to do the problem was that it had nothing to do with the story. It didn't have that feeling of um, I'm gonna figure out my problem now by looking at this other problem. It's not it doesn't have that like uh, That sometimes TV does with, like, Grey's Anatomy, where they're working on, you know, it's weird to bring up Grey's (laughs) (laughs) Anatomy. But where they're working on, like, a medical problem, and the medical problem has something to do with their personal drama. So I thought maybe the flashback had something to do with whatever personal drama she's facing. Like Arrow, yeah. I didn't see, yeah, Arrow Mm -hmm, does the same thing. Like, I just... I just didn't see the connection that much. Yeah, because I feel like it was
2: weird to establish those now when, as I was talking, my, my criticism of this is that you're yeah. trying to set up Ray and Kendra as this couple, but you're constantly undercutting it with these flashbacks of Carter. Like, right. if you want to make us invest in them, then let's just drop the Carter stuff for a while because yeah. you can just focus on the two of them. If you start introducing her kind of humming and hawing and every flashback, then it's like... <laughs> Well, why am I going to really root for you guys if you're just I just you feel like you're going
1: to be caught in this immortal loop of love and destiny with Carter. Right. And you're setting up like the kid, but the kid was we've already seen what happens to the kid. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know it didn't progress the story any further. Yeah. It just was kind of, "Hey, remember when this happened back then? Mm-hmm. Oh, they, they were cute. Maybe they should be together again." <laughs> it kind of felt like that. It kind of felt like, "Oh, don't forget that she has one true love." And it isn't Ray, and we're like, yes, we all know it isn't Ray. Well,
3: and to me, had they broken them up, that would have made total sense. But the fact right. that in like the last little bit they put them back together, I was just like, oh well, yeah, there's zero payoff to those flashbacks, and then we're all like hoping that it's over.
2: Yeah, I don't. I feel. I, I'm worried about this relationship because I feel like it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. You could break yeah. them up, and then you think like, well, why do we waste so much time in the season? You know, it's telling stories about them just to break them up. But then, if they keep going, you think like, well, they really can't go long term because we know that it's going to be, you know, Carter's going to come back into the fold at some point. I would imagine. Yeah, this yeah. is this
0: relationship is conceptually maybe the p- character pairing that is working for me the least. Right. And it's introducing Carter as a third point in this love triangle. I understand the impulse to do that because he's the only other competitor for Kendra's affections really but you've now got a love triangle where one of the points is literally not present Mm -hmm. in any physical way and the other two points the connection between the two is not really working for me so it's hard for me to invest in this this
1: wrinkle it's a long dotted line it's not a triangle (laughs) it's just a long dotted line where they're looking at one another and pointing up to the sky every now and then so, uh, we've talked about Kendra's side, and we're
2: right. talking about, like, Kendra and uh, Ray's relationship here. So, just a brief setup for everybody. We're in 2147, mm-hmm. uh, and they find out that uh, Per Degaton is going to work with Vandal Savage, and they eventually unleash the Armageddon virus. Uh, but they decide to split up. One team's going to be Tim Kidnap, one's going to be <laughs> Team Robot. And so, on the Team right. Robot side, we've got Ray, Stein, and Jax, and they go check out the robotics that are based on the Atom suit. They're all automated. Yeah. And uh, when they go there, they find uh, this bust is being led around by this one scientist, Dr. Bryce. Mm. They see a big bust of Palmer's with Palmer written underneath it. And uh, Ray just assumes it's himself. I mean, yeah. cause it looks, looks pretty just much like just like him. Yeah. And he, may, he makes just dodgy leaps in logic. That when he had a child back in 2016. That he right. abandoned them, and that because this person was so abandoned, even though you have a time machine, they went on to just eventually build these autom- automated well, he's, robots.
1: Yeah, and again, he's going under the assumption that he'll never go back in time <sighs> and have a kid. They'll never be. He doesn't have a time machine where he's jumping around, and ha- maybe he's creating kids in the future I feel like I would have seen that but like okay I have a kid at some point I have a kid yeah why would you assume like immediately the moment I left the time stream that's when I had the kid right because I think there's something there's some rule that they're playing with but it's not very clear that we were talking Mm -hmm. about with Kendra and that if they're if he's plucked out of the time stream he assumes he never can go back and like affect the future but uh, that just doesn't make sense to me because he can go back
3: well, and even the timeline itself—the girl ghosting him—it's like okay, right? The timeline for you coming on to Legends of Tomorrow—you had just broken up with Felicity, then you were shrunk down yeah, in the end. He was and also a billionaire. There. Yeah, He's a smart exactly. and Good-looking billionaire. I mean, so. I don't get who wouldn't want Ray, but I mean, we obviously who would yeah. ghost
1: Ray? I know.
3: <laughs> and that's the thing—is that's who unbelievable. Would do it? And then it's like the timeline. I'm like, that was pretty short.
2: Right. Yeah, and mm. he was imagining, like, oh, if I hadn't left 2016, yeah. you know, I could be a father to this child. Like, if we remember back when he was leaving Legends of Tomorrow, he felt restless and lost. He felt like he had no sense of direction in yeah. his life when he came back on Arrow. Well, on top of that, it falls
0: apart for me as a line of logic when you remember that in the first episode, when they all got on the Wave Rider in the first oh. place, they were told that if we succeed and we take care of this, we can bring you back to the minute you left. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'm going, like, I totally get that I, I buy that Ray would internalize this, and I buy that Ray would overthink it. Right. I have a harder time buying that he wouldn't go, but I'm if I have a kid, I'm not a deadbeat father who abandoned his child, because we can just go back to the moment yeah, we left. That's it.
1: I also feel like he could have, I'm surprised he didn't go through the existential drama of being like, I have a dick, kid. <laughs> like, you know, he's instead he's going, I'm not a father. Because I, I jump time, I'm, he's going through that problem. But he could be like, I would assume I've raised the kid, and I'm not a good dad because he turns into an evil Robotnik. You know, it's Oof. I would just jump to that conclusion. That would be like my problem that I'm having. Also, <laughs> can if if you have a twin brother, Oof. I feel like that would maybe work into the logic of it too. Yeah, even if it's not a yeah. twin, if it's just a younger sibling or an, oh, yeah, something
2: right. like that. No. Yeah, you would, uh,
1: Could be a younger sibling. Could be
2: a We don't know exactly, yeah. but they look eerily alike, enough that you could mistake a bust uh, right. of that person as, as you. This is something oh. that's so
0: out of left field yes. and so strange to me that I cannot, I cannot be mad at it. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I can't, and I'm not even, I don't even want to criticize it. Because I had this moment what? when... Ray reveals to the characters around him, and to us, the audience, that he has, and apparently has this entire time, had an identical twin brother named Sidney. Sidney Palmer. Palmer. I
2: I was like, great. Good. That's awesome.
0: It was funny.
3: Yeah, The reveal was funny.
2: But the fact that uh, he all of a sudden comes to Felicity at at some point in the future, when after he supposedly died in an explosion... Mm -hmm. Sydney was never around at all no. during any of that time when Felicity had right. taken over the company. Where's Sydney? Like coming like, Hey, this is my brother's company. I should be running this instead of Felicity. I never saw
0: Sydney. Right. It, yeah. He's off having his own adventures <laughs>
2: on a completely
0: it's an, another spin-off
1: show that we're gonna get he must, <laughs> yeah. Like
0: Let's I pretend he's a Sydney younger Palmer brother. Show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's called the Sydney
1: Palmer Files. Yeah, the Sydney Palmer yeah. Files. Uh, yeah. I feel like it must be a younger brother because he even says, like, oh, uh, you know, Felicity must have hired him on and that's how he, you know, got in charge of everything. So he must be. Maybe he's like a baby. But he's just like. <laughs> and he
3: looks exactly like it. well I, I don't we know. If put a wig on my younger brother, lot. we look alike.
1: Yeah, really? I look a lot like my older brother, who's like yeah. three years ahead of me. But still, it's like. Uh, I feel like <laughs> I just like the idea that's like, well, that's that's fine then. If Ew. it's my brother, I'm just like a terrible uncle. I'm not yeah. a terrible. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh,
3: good.
1: That's fine.
0: This is
3: not a Mori episode. All right. But then,
0: but then yeah. too, when he finds out that it's it's actually a bust of his identical twin brother, who he's never mentioned before, Sidney Palmer. Yeah. He, he then makes this huge leap to <laughs> not okay. It's not my child that created these robots. It's. I'm I'm not a father. I'm never going to be a father. Yeah. This was my one <laughs> shot to have a child, and I lost it. Yeah. It's I, That just seemed like a leap to me.
1: I will say, to put a positive spin on this, that the robots looked pretty cool. Oh,
0: no, and again, by the way... Uh, most of Ray's stuff tonight really worked for me. I was very yeah. entertained by it. I was actually pretty compelled by most of it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. it what?
3: Actually,
1: well, I, because okay, <laughs> what? this is and the thing. This me. is the thing. Yeah,
3: I just think he's adorable. I <laughs> think it's,
1: I think it is cool to have like, oh, the suit I made turns into evil robots in the future. I think that's a great, compelling. Like, uh oh, I'm affecting the time stream just way differently than I thought I would. And I, I think that's a good motivation and a good, like, check yourself kind of moment. Right. Did they <laughs> did they pay off with that? No, no I don't think they the, did. Where, but they had a good... I think this show is full of, like, great intentions and good, like, ideas that they don't quite connect the dots on all the time.
0: Well, and some of it, for me, where it lost me a little bit was when they tried to wring extra drama out of it right. that yeah. I just didn't buy. Things like Ray going... I'm not a father. That I'm just like this was. Yeah. Our, you were fine. We didn't actually need that beat. That felt like a little too much mm-hmm. to me. Right, like dude. I was actually I was with it before, and then we take that step, and that's just I'm going like oh, yeah. Walk I, it back, walk it
3: back. was. Ooh. I feel
1: like if he was there, I would just be like, what? Do you, what do you want, dude? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you, do do you
3: want you? a kid? Do you not want a kid? See mm-hmm. that? I mean, you got. Come on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but
2: I, I, to with Dave and to put a little positive there, the the effects work for mm-hmm. the flying sequences as mm-hmm. Ray is fighting the robots. That. And it's a part of the
1: race storyline that I enjoyed. Everything else. Mm, yeah. And all the and all the like whenever there was that great moment and this is tied into the robots where they're like, "Why aren't we shooting back at them?" And they go, "Oh wait, we all have superpowers." Oh. Yeah, and I was well, like, that was "Yes." So cheesy. <laughs> that the thing yeah. is, it was cheesy, but it's also like, "Yes, you get it, guys. You get that you have superpowers and that you could fight, and it's better to do that than we can't turn into a firestorm on the ship because it'll explode everything." Yes, I'd rather have, "Oh, duh, we forgot we had superpowers," mm-hmm. rather than like these weird excuses that that was happening before. I, yeah, the the hesitation to always
2: uh, arm up and start fighting back with your natural abilities or if you have some weapons that are giving you some enhanced abilities. Uh-huh. The, the fact that as soon as you feel like uh, you know that uh, Savage is attacking the, the wave rider, the, the, what your first instinct should be just like, Bond, we're Firestorm, let's just start, start going. So like, yeah. what are we going to do, guys? <laughs> well, and that's yeah. the thing
0: too, it, And it, I would not maybe say that I agree wholeheartedly as quickly if that wasn't always ultimately the solution. There has uh-huh. not been an instance yet where the resolution hasn't involved, oh, no, you're right, let's be Firestorm. <laughs> right. So I don't understand the well, hemming and hawing about it at this point. Because yeah, Firestorm is <laughs> always good.
1: That's something that I don't quite mind because that's always been a little bit of a leap in comic books you have to sure. forgive. Because there's always the there's the joke about how like Superman... Is how he succeeds. <laughs> is he just tries a little harder? I mean, that's sure, just sure. you know he's in chains. These chains are hard. I'm just going to try a little harder. That kind of right. It kind of felt like that. That makes way. sense. So and, I was
0: and like you were saying about you called out the effects work for being particularly great and it is all of that stuff where they're working together using their powers right. bouncing stuff off of each other fighting he robots, shrank
1: a couple of times which yeah. is great like
0: all of that stuff is so much fun and is consistently a highlight and the, the show does it so incredibly well and I think part of the reason why it works so incredibly well mm-hmm. every time is the simplicity of it you can show them working with each other in really interesting and complex ways but the reason that that works and the reason it's so fun and exhilarating to watch ultimately is because of the simplicity of it i think when they try and spin a few too many plates with a few too many moving parts it starts to get a little
1: yeah a little heavy
0: you know it just it i think loses its way a little bit but then you come back to like this storm and he's throwing fire at robots. Yeah. And awesome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have our other side of the story. We've talked a little bit about it, and that is we talked about Team Robot. Uh, but we haven't talked about Team Kidnap, which is yeah. basically
0: Team
1: like Kidnap. the, the crux of this Hitler. whole. Future Hitler, <laughs> Future Hitler, and they
0: did draw the direct parallel. Rip Hunter I'm mentions it's like this is the. I forget what he says is Adolf Hitler of the future?
1: Yeah, um, he basically and I think uh, Snart even says, call us him future Hitler. yeah which I was actually really happy about.
0: And of course, that's a reference to it's a very popular question that's been touched on in pop culture right. over and over and over uh-huh. again. If, if you could go back and stop Hitler by killing him as a baby, would you? Mm-hmm. And on the one hand, it's, well, yeah, I want to stop Hitler and on the other hand, it's I don't it's really want to
1: kill a baby. Yeah. I think well, this is, I think the solutions always kidnap him and raise him as your own, right? Well, Isn't something he, like, that was suggested. Yeah, no. and I feel well. I what was really the most confusing. First, I wanted to ask you actually because when they said his pr- in like impossible to pronounce name, mm-hmm. Pedegatron per-, N- per degaton N- per N- degaton N- yes. per yes. degaton. Which is I was I instantly <laughs> said Gravitron. like okay this must <laughs> this must be a comic book character I'm not as familiar with because it's impossible to pronounce and no one who writes TV would actually write that name down as a. As an idea <laughs> for a name on TV. So, who, who is the character from from the comic books? He is
2: a villain of the Justice Society of America. Okay. Uh, back in the old days, in the '40s, he was part of the Time Trust. So he'd be traveling through time, trying to find uh, uh, find ways to take over. Uh, the present, using weapons from the future. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's really cool. One of my favorite stories is there's a, uh, the JSA and the JLA always did those crisis, uh, on multi- uh, uh, where they'd cross over. they do their crossovers on the multiple Earths and team up. Yeah. Uh, uh, doing the Earth 1 and Earth 2 thing. And there was one uh, series where they had both the JSA, the JLA, and the All-Star Squadron. Uh, so the modern-day JSA, the uh, past in the All-Star Squadron, and then the Justice League, uh, all teaming up to fight per Degaton. Who'd okay. gone back to uh, Earth Prime, which is like supposedly our Earth, and uh, he had made sure that the Cuban Missile Crisis had happened and mm. uh, devastated everybody after that, uh, making sure that all the missiles went off. That was kind of a, a jerk. Really cool storyline. Some of the best George Perez covers on those JLA issues. Oh, so so Was,
1: was he, he wasn't really a dictator? He was kind of a bad guy who was trying to become a dictator. Yes. So okay, I had cool red hair. He always wore like this cool like you know spats and all that stuff. It looked really cool. Uh-huh. Giant I thought it
2: was... D on his on his uniform.
1: Yeah, I thought it was interesting that they cast someone who just looks like Joffrey. Joffrey, in this yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like they were like, yeah, people, yeah, it'll it'll work for this. So with this with this character, I had a big I had a big like brain fart. And I don't know if it's just because I couldn't follow it, but I couldn't understand. They kidnapped him. They checked the time stream. Said, oh, it didn't do anything. We should kill him then. <laughs> so I don't but I don't understand. If kidnapping him doesn't work, why would killing him work? I really just didn't understand that.
3: Well a lot of times Rip's plans just fail miserably and he doesn't right. really think it through. It's like like people say, would you kidnap Hitler and raise him? But you know, sometimes things are just destiny. And that's how I look at it. It's like even if you killed this kid, there'd be somebody else to take his place. He if talks that's
0: about what, right. yeah. he talks about right. time okay. yeah.
2: wanting to happen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But still, even not even doing like the option, you just like kidnap him and raise him as your own. Like they could kidnap him and take him to someplace else that would kind of help to deprogram him and uh-huh. maybe make him do something else. And who knows what he could do at that point. But right. that is not an option that really gets uh, addressed or even uh,
3: put also, on the table. Yeah, right? I mm-hmm.
1: mean, also that's a lot of effort just yeah. to mm-hmm. raise a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a he, long game. It's a, a long apparently game. apparently Ray, Ray kind of wanted, wanted to be, be a dad. Yeah. So Ray
2: and Perde they go off. Yeah, Ray and <laughs> Kendra
0: <laughs> raise a child <laughs> together.
3: Mm-hmm. It also
0: seems a little bit like that. Wrinkle was introduced specifically to introduce the idea of killing him so that there could be this big moral quandary that the characters find themselves in, and I really? don't know about you guys, but that didn't totally work for me either, because yes, okay, we can mull over the question as far as, you know, what, what do I think I would whoever? do in this situation, but I never bought for a second that any of these characters would actually kill this kid, so there wasn't, you know, when Rip brought him out to look at the the body of water there and he pulls his space revolver. Mm. There wasn't very much tension
2: in that scene for me because right. never for a second did I
0: think Rip was actually going to do it. Because he's a pansy.
2: Yeah. I even, mean... Yeah, and even Perk <laughs> says that as well, too. It's like, Savage taught me what, what a killer looks like and you don't have that look. So even he knew in the scene that he wasn't in any jeopardy as well. I thought he was gonna throw him in
1: the lake and go like, you can't I swim, swim <laughs> can you? <laughs> do his I little Frankenstein's was... monster yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Do mm. I was I was surprised <laughs> they didn't do. I, I was surprised they didn't do stuff with Snart there or Rory because they're the two people that maybe could kill the yeah. little kid or or Sarah even. Yeah, so, I, mean, I guess yeah. you have to make it more
2: immediate because you know the immediate ramifications is trying to save Rip's wife and child. Right. So I so guess it, that he's the one that is most immediately affected by
1: whether he lives or dies. True. True. Yeah. So I okay. So because, well,
0: because this was this era that they were in was the like last gasp of humanity right before the horrible Vandal Savage yeah. run future that led to his wife
2: and child being
0: killed. There's a yes. virus
1: that wipes off all the all the people that aren't inside these little like perfect bubbles. Yeah. Right.
2: The Casnia conglomerate where yeah. corporations run the future
1: and nobody wears collars on their jackets. Right. That's how you know. know you're in the future. Yeah. Corporations do not like collars. <laughs> That's the biggest thing. from... I also love that there's a Star Labs capital city is just like Star Labs yeah. mm. city now or something. That that was that seemed pretty cool. And it seemed weird to me, though, when Rip decides, like, I'm not going to kill you because, you know, that's I, I, I have to be better than
2: that. Uh-huh. Uh, but he also says, like, you know, Savage is going to betray you. And then he just leaves it at that. And at first I thought he left him and he was going to make the kid walk all the way back. Right. But then I feel like, if you're going to tell him that, why don't you show him examples, like, of yeah. throughout history, of everything that Savage has done to, like, betray everybody that he's ever worked with. And say, like, right. hey, this is not a guy you want to have close to you. But uh, this I mean, is, like, anything in, that was
0: in addressed. fairness, his name is Vandal Savage, and he's always sneering. I feel like you yeah. shouldn't need to be <laughs> told you don't want to hang around this person. Yeah, I love when he <laughs> and
3: Sarah exchange guy. Bitch faces. Like, it was just like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nothing but that exchange. Oh.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it must have been one yeah. take where they just like kissed a little bit. Yeah. Over your lips. And walked away. but it feels uh, like Rip's uh, objective to try to
2: change something with uh, with uh, good old young per Degaton whether to kill him or to try to at least convince him that Savage right. is going to betray him doesn't help at the end because he lets him go back with his father after exchanging him with Sarah Yeah, and then it, then like all that happens is everything ends up accelerating the timeline accelerates and makes yeah. everything a little bit and, worse.
0: And by So worse so are they suggesting by the way because if you look at our possible options we've established concretely according to the timeline that Taking him away somewhere, raising him as your own, whoever it is, does nothing, mm-hmm. okay? Nature what they, versus
3: nurture. Letting yeah.
0: him live, as it turns out, makes everything way, way, way worse. Worst. So mm-hmm. is the show telling us that really their best plan was to kill him?
2: <laughs> I mean, you yeah. would think so. I mean, it, for some reason, because like, that Armageddon virus got unleashed five years sooner than it uh-huh. was supposed to. So you think that's five years of life that everybody around there lost. You know I've managed and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people lost their the, that five years of life because they, yeah. the timeline got accelerated well, because, because
0: awesome. if you think about sorry no, like Go I'm ahead. trying to like going over the details again in my head, and you see when Vandal Savage shows up in that boardroom again at the very end when they're talking about how the timeline accelerates, he's saying, well, so perdega Megatron's father. Uh, died. And the so, pre-Megatron. And yeah. so pre-Megatron inherits his position on the board, but because of his age, because of his very young age, he elected Vandal Savage to essentially be his proxy, and that's how Vandal Savage has the ability to step up the timeline. But, if they kill pre-Megatron, then he never kills the father, the father still blocks Vandal Savage's attempt to to do what he does ultimately, yeah, and we're probably better off,
2: no? Well, I mean, at least the Armageddon virus would be at least delayed the fi- to its original point five years later, and mm-hmm. maybe even longer, who knows, if Protegaton wasn't in
1: the picture at all. I don't know. Yeah, also, uh, I'm going to point out the obvious. They didn't try to kill Vandal Savage once.
3: Right. No, they had, like, not,
1: They he had him in the sights, they had him there at least, they could have at least gone and tried to kill him. Yeah no um, yeah cuz no no
2: uh Kendra and Savage interaction whatsoever other than her no. having one little flash of him while before he starts
1: attacking the wave rider. Right. And also I I the corp- to go back to the corporations thing, I felt like that was such a good idea and something we've seen in like future sci-fi like Rollerball, I think. throw <laughs> yes. yes. Roller- a nice ball <laughs> Rollerball. But uh I, I mean they, that was such a good idea, and then they didn't really do anything with it. They just mm-hmm. like, isn't this a neat future where corporations rule over like countries? All right, but l- the story isn't about that. Um, let's focus on on this. And I, I was I was a little disappointed with that. Yeah, because because it, it was supposed to be as he rips said, twenty one forty seven was like the zenith of uh, it was humanity's zenith right there. Uh-huh. Yeah, so they could have had more fun with that, but.
2: Uh, but what was more fun, I guess, we get to see uh, Snart and uh, uh, Mick have a little bit yeah. of a uh, conversation right there. Everybody tries to get them in the same room together for mm-hmm. most of the episode. Everybody's right. trying to talk to both of them, get them in the room together. Heart so,
3: to heart, yeah, so, with no hearts. So this is the other element of this mm. show
2: that always, no matter what else
0: is going on, consistently works for me. One yeah. of these elements is obviously what I said before, the big superhero battle stuff. The other element is Wentworth Miller as Leonard <laughs> yes. Snart. And just oh, every so scene, good. it doesn't even yeah. matter who he's talking to. Every scene with him interacting with any other character, I usually enjoy. I yeah. really, actually, really like all of his stuff with Sarah. I think they have a really interesting relationship, and I do, I like, and I think we've talked a little bit, uh, both on and off the mics, but uh-huh. how I appreciate they don't seem to be leaning hard into it as a romantic pairing. No, I it's, think it's
1: just the friendship. It's a friendship. Cool it's, a, with that. it's a
0: camaraderie, and I like it, and it's really, really interesting. And then, of course, his relationship with Mick, which has taken so many different turns over the course of this season so far and I really like that ultimately like these are not two guys that you know it's a CW show so there's always going to be certain uh, exchange of dialogue about feelings but these yeah. are these are guys <laughs> that don't they're not really all about talking it out emotionally you know yeah. what I mean so their version of that is we're gonna try and beat each other to death until one of us is dead, or we
2: forgive each yeah. other. Yeah. And what I do love is uh, just the change in Dominic Purcell's portrayal of Mick after being stuck with the with the Time Masters for that period of time. Yeah. There was a sense of, like stillness to him, where and yeah. he didn't seem like that just like that big, just like behemoth that was just going to start burning the world and just smacking anything around him. He had more of a stillness to him in those scenes.
3: Yeah, instead of that meathead he used to play as Heatwave as Kronos, he is more on Leonard's level. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they're more equals, and I like that dynamic how it's changed. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I always consider them the growlers, and because uh, I feel like all their conversations, I love their conversations, yeah. and I want to say like I love that they're the growlers because I always feel like Snart's just like. Nah. Mm-hmm. Really like <laughs> nah. there, was, there was tonight. Did feel like so there was a good. lot more of like.
2: Yeah. sounds sounds from Snart like
0: almost like a 1930s gangster
2: inflection yeah. well I think we all agree that one line uh, when they're deciding if they're gonna kill Town or not and Snart just says you know let's kill him ourselves and that way that he does go and give it to me Lex mm. what, what was the line? let's kill him ourselves mm. let's kill him ourselves
0: <laughs> yeah, just the way he brought that I was just like alright
3: great delivery so
1: good so good he's just a great Catwoman I love it <laughs> it's like I think he's just doing Catwoman this entire time like uh, you know, I think I've mentioned this before, but Adam West, bat, like oh, you're yeah? thinking, we've talked about it specifically. You're referencing the Eartha Kit cat. I, I think he yeah. is specifically referencing Eartha Kit in his entire performance. That's my theory, and I'd love to ask him at some point oh, if he could, if he's actually going for an Eartha Kit thing. It's, he's he's great. Oh. They're great. So uh, that is pretty much the end of that episode. But we're as we've always
2: talked about this series is usually kind of like an episode on, episode off in terms of dealing with Savage yeah. and stuff. Uh, but you know, I feel like we've dealt with Savages. so It's like our tenth episodes, so maybe like five episodes. Say like it's almost about a like five or six episodes we've dealt uh-huh. with Savage, and I don't feel like they've done any sense of like getting smarter in their dealings with <laughs> Savage Not at along all. the way. <laughs>
3: They, they, <laughs> they just screw it no. up worse. I yeah, mean, they,
2: they've not, there's no preparation at all. They they oh, we're going to 2147, yeah. and then
1: everything just goes to hell. Or oh, we're going to here, and then everything just goes to hell. Just keep doing the same time period over and over yeah. again. Go a little bit farther back. I don't know why they're not just like going hopping they back and try a 10 new years. version of the plan yeah. until yeah. we get it right. Or even they're like even uh, by the way, Gideon was such a dick in this episode because <laughs> oh, yeah. at the end instead of like saying oh uh not, it didn't really work out giddy was just like we did we made things worse you cemented things um things are gonna be worse than we left so let's leave now mm-hmm. i feel like okay let's go back and try and do it again let's let's in the future a little worse than we left mm-hmm. it yeah let's just jump or ahead fattened. it jump ahead like an hour yeah. and then surprise them at where they're going to be you know cause they're not they're not ready for that stuff and I I don't know it just I, I just don't understand why they aren't just keep going after Savage in a way
3: yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but I did love the Gideon shade, especially when Sarah asked about the dreams, and she was like, yeah, you had a really uh, one with the nurse there, and it's just like, uh, right. I, I'd really like to hear about everybody else's dreams. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess yeah. it's
2: frustrating because you saw that, I mean, Savage, once he saw that, you know, once they are identified on on the screen right there as not being unregistered occupants of that time period mm-hmm. or location, like, Savage knows who they are, he knows where the rave riders. is, <laughs> right. like, why would you continue to keep going forward in time trying to find them? Because he's going to be so aware of you guys. Yeah. I don't know why not keep going back in the past, which will have next week when they go back to the old west yeah so maybe there's a chance my thought is we keep talking about the structure of the season as
0: like one episode on one episode off as far as one episode where they're dealing with vandal savage and one episode where they're not but it's feeling a little bit to me like even the episodes where they're ostensibly dealing with vandal savage they're barely dealing with vandal savage and that that's fine you can do a lot of other things within the framework that they've created but i'm still still not totally sold on Vandal Savage as a huge threat. They keep telling us over and over and over and over. And we've seen glimpses of this future where things are blowing up and Vandal Savage is walking around and he's real happy that things are blowing up. And he's killing people. He's mm. killing babies. But that's about it. But, yeah, no, there have been a couple a couple of instances, you know, earlier in the season that the blood ritual stuff was very, very creepy. Yeah. A lot, And, you know, when he kills Carter, that definitely helps solidify him as maybe more of a threatening, imposing presence. But I think feel like he's blending into the, the background of the show a little bit.
3: Yeah, I think Rip's just a drama queen at this point, because we're like, okay, I get he killed your wife and kid or whatever, but you're just making him way more evil than we're seeing. I mean, because he's they, evil, but...
1: Yeah, they also yeah. did a pretty good... I think in a previous episode, they, they were going for his money at some mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were going for the little things that would bring him a rise in power, and I think that that was a smart way of of approaching Vandal Savage if you have to space it out and you can't go after him head on just go after his the little things that are going to build his empire, like that's that was a smart way of, of doing it. And this episode, they kind of do that because this is about the how he gets his political stronghold. True, they do the split up the Team Robot as try to as a backup plan destroy right. the, kind of that
2: automated uh, militia that he's going to have police force. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we find out at the end of the episode, I guess they, uh, Mick and Snart uh, they get into their battle. Snart can uh, Snart uh, gets his ass handed to him. But Mick doesn't leave mm-hmm. the, uh, deliver the killing blow. It says like, uh, all right. Since I didn't kill you guys, we're all in trouble because now the Time Masters know that I didn't get you so they're going to send the Hunters. who are right. even worse than I am because they have no humanity at all left in them. But yeah. seeing is how much, like, Kronos has been, well, he, did, he was pretty much a cypher until we found out that he was Rory. And he really wasn't, I mean, he would just come up and be annoying for a couple of
1: moments. How, how, how excited are you about the, the threat of the Hunters? This is, this is what I'm excited about is that we're going to see masked, like, people with guns in the Old West they're going to be fighting with future guns and future machines uh, around people that have, like, you know, everyone has a gun. I think there can be a lot of fun to be had in, like, the Old West.
3: Mechanical you know? spiders, maybe? Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> but if, <laughs> if, <laughs> if
1: Kronos had been built up at the
2: beginning of the season it's like, some really ultra-competent, really cool, really calculating right. uh, bad opponent for them, I, and then also when we find somebody that's even more tougher than than, than him like, uh, going after the team, then I might be more excited. But like this, like, Cronus eh, didn't get much development, so how Yeah, it how just seems like they are going to
1: be three Cronuses now. Yeah. So it's, you know, but now they... I'm just more excited about the Old West, and I do like that little image that we saw of the future episode of uh, of just like the firefight that yeah. happens. And that's that's the only reason why I think... There are those three hunters, so that they can have that standoff in the middle.
0: But and I'm so okay with that because that speaks directly to the biggest element of this series that works for me, which is the superhero. Let's all use our powers. Let's blend yeah. some of these elements in really fun ways. Plus, we get Jonah Hex, which I'm happy about as well. Oh yes. yeah, yeah. I, I,
1: I also think it's. I think if they're hopefully they're going to lead up to this three hunters, and they're going to be there's going to be a standoff in the middle of the street. They're like wow, wow, wow looking at each other. <laughs> And then, opposite the three hunters, you have uh, you have C- Captain Cold and Firestorm—not Firestorm, Firestorm uh, Heat Wave—with yeah. their own guns, and Jonah Hex with his gun. That's yeah. pretty cool. And so yeah. you have this gun off, you have this standoff, and you got to just make an excuse for the real superheroes to be kind of fighting somewhere, yeah. but. That would be a great standoff right then. So I, I'm I'm excited for the hunters because of that. So right. we'll see. All right,
2: all right. Let's. Uh, so that's gonna do it. A little bit so talking about this episode, but we're gonna do a quick news and gossip right here. Right. Super fast New New gossip.
0: News, news and gossip.
2: gossip. Super fast. So uh, one thing is in just a few weeks, as we talked about last week, Sarah Nicole Jones, one of the writers and producers of Legends of Tomorrow, is gonna be right here in studio. We're going to be talking to her about the episode that she has written, uh, breaking it all down with her, getting some more insights about the backstory about the show, asking her a lot of questions that we may have about character choices and yep, plot development.
0: Dave is going to get to ask if Wentworth Miller is doing Eartha Kit. Yes! yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. That's
2: question number one right out of the gate. <laughs> Great. And uh, we also uh, mentioned last week Patrick J. Adams of Suits fame. Uh, that he's going to be coming out at the end of the season to be be, uh, playing a beloved DC character. And the thought was maybe maybe he's the question. There's some speculation going around. But now Mm -hmm. it seems like rumor that it's going to be Alan Scott Oh. which ties into a lot of oh. the JSA stuff that we were showing earlier uh, in our After Buzz oh. shows. Uh, we were showing some of the props that, like Dr. Midnight's smoke bombs. Right. Uh, things like that from the old JSA articles right there. So, and Alan
0: Scott is the original Green
3: Lantern. Yes. And the he best. Is, yeah.
0: He is the one who famously or infamously it,
2: Wood is his crypto.
3: That's right. His, wood. Yeah. I love it.
2: I love it. And I'm hoping that it's more the original pre-52 uh, Alan Scott as opposed to the Earth 2 new version that we've gotten the the new 52 just because that costume is so awesome in the original Alan Scott. Right. Sure. I want to see love, that
3: on TV. They love the new 52, though. Mm. So, uh, yeah, mm. please no. <laughs> so, All
2: right. And so uh, with that, I guess uh, we, we did, they've done a little bit of predictions, but we'll do a quick little Ron Robin of predictions before close this out. Buzz mm. TV predictions. All right, Lucretia.
3: Well, I predict that Carter is coming back, right. or this flashback was literally just nothing except to annoy us this whole episode. Because, yeah, I mean, plus, we've got to end Kendra Ray. And I think, you know, I would prefer to see the hot couple in Vandal Savage thing kind of in this year, and then maybe we get some new heroes to replace them next year. I mean, no no offense to the actors or anything, but just the story hasn't worked for me. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm not sure, too. I, I am reading conflicting accounts, and maybe somebody either on Twitter or maybe somebody who's in the live chat can help catch me up on what the most current bit of news one way or the other is. I heard for a while the plan was to do almost like an anthology type of show, where season two would be a totally new team, totally mm-hmm. new story. Then more recently, I thought I read somewhere that, no, that's not actually the plan. We're going to retain a lot of our core cast and, and do a somewhat of a continuation. So yeah, I, on I, TV
3: line, I did see that the, you know there was an interview, um, I believe it was with Andrew Kresberg, um, and he said that they wanted to keep most everybody. So it did kind of hint that oh, maybe there would be a few changes. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm um, I'm wondering if they're going to use uh use these new heroes that they put on the keep I mean Legion of Superheroes they keep hinting at and maybe that's more of a Supergirl thing but uh it would be nice to have them kind of bring almost more heroes into the mix and then they have to deal with like too many heroes <laughs> too, <laughs> too, too many more heroes team, <laughs> yeah. uh, um but legion of superheroes might be a good way of doing that if and maybe the JSA comes into it cuz they they said that um uh you know that that character that they're introducing is will lead into the plot of the next season so whatever that means maybe if it's going to be alan scott then maybe the JSA is going to play a oh, big part of it that'd be so, cool. so that would be kind of cool um my prediction is like yeah i, hmm. I think carter's going to come back I think we're going to get a version of Carter that lives in the Wild West there, and maybe he'll come back in the next episode. If not the next episode, he'll come back at the very end of next episode. That's my guess.
0: And what I'm curious to see is how they tie back into the other shows in this universe because we know, because of of different comments that have been made in interviews, we are going to see, I believe, a future version of Barry Allen before Mm -hmm. the end of the season. Mm -hmm. I believe, if if I'm not completely... Crazy when I watched the trailer for the back half of this season, I saw what looked like maybe it's time displaced or you know, different timeline, uh, different points in the timeline version of the Lance family. And two, and I'm not going to spoil anything in case people haven't seen it, but there's some stuff going on on Arrow last night that I think Sarah would take a pretty personal interest in. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) so I'm curious to see if anyone brings add up in yeah. any way? Yeah,
2: I feel like from what, what I've been reading between the lines, it feels like uh, uh, Paul Blackthorn will do a little pop-up in this series to kind of address things that have been happening on Arrow. Sure. Right.
3: Okay. Yeah, there has to be some sort of address, because you know, ideally, these people are all in this timeline, especially like Ray and Sarah, who are a part of that show, so to not mention yeah. it, it's kind of a That's a big thing.
1: aspect of like, a, yeah. I would like to see, and also Uh, Ray might have another chance at Felicity.
3: That might be another
1: actual, like, ship that I would climb aboard.
3: I have to say, I like them better because, you know. I'm not a big Ollie fan.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I like Ollie. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. And uh, one last thing, I will go uh, along with uh, Dave saying that uh, I think Carter could make an appearance uh, next episode. Which, if he does, would kind of make justify the flashbacks that we got this episode, kind right. of planting some seeds. that paid That's off. why I think they were there, and uh, because he does play a character back in the old West, according to the Jeff Johns Hawkman series. I was, I believe, Nighthawk and Cinnamon who is Kendra's character as well. So if oh, they come right. across with them, that would make sense. That would be an ideal location to run across the two of them. Sure. Yeah. Great. So, uh, and then one last thing, uh, one of my favorite moments of this episode was that uh, as Ray's trying to disguise his identity in the future, he refers to himself as his identity as Hannibal oh, Lecter. Hannibal, yes. Hannibal Lecter. Yes. And with Jack's yeah. expression behind it when he says that. He's like, what
3: the, like, what are you doing? What? Yeah, not Dr. House, not no. anything, you know, that might Doctor. have made a little more sense. Lecter. Mm. Yeah. Oh,
0: also says, but well, one other thing that we totally failed to mention, Jewel State popping up in a guest appearance. Jewel yes yeah, Wait, I think. Nothing. Oh. All right. do, yeah. didn't have a lot yeah, to do but who, it's always who, great to
2: see Jewel State uh, uh, beloved from Firefly of course yes, yes. yes. I wish yeah. when, but
0: to, it but
3: for
2: life kind of frustrating when you get a, an actor that is so beloved like that to mm. not have them have more to do in an episode right? Yeah. but when you've already got so many other characters it is tough to even serve as a guest star I can imagine yeah absolutely And but seriously uh, CW bring on the Sidney Palmer files there you go yep. <laughs> alright folks that's gonna do it for us for this week on Legends of Tomorrow After Show we will be back next week to break down episode 11 in the meantime Continue the discussion with us on Twitter. Lucretia, where can they find you?
3: Again, if you can spell my name right, it's L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N. Find me anywhere on the internet, since there's only one.
1: Find me at at Mr. Dave Child <laughs> on Instagram and uh, the Twitter, too.
2: And I'm on all the stuff at the Lex Michael. And you can follow me on Twitter at HappyGoJackie. Thanks so much for watching. Like us on Facebook. Give us a sweet five stars on iTunes. Dave Childs is going to do the robot as we say goodbye. Mm-hmm.
0: I think my favorite part
2: From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro Phil Svitek and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network To watch or listen to other after shows And post comments or questions Be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com